Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. And one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Hello, friends, and welcome to Praying for America. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here of Priests for Life. The Democrat Party hates the Constitution. They hate it. They despise it. They try to turn people against it. They don't follow it. They don't want us to follow it. And we're going to talk about that, taking our cue once again from this great book, The Democrat Party Hates America by Mark Levin. I hope you have your copy and are reading through it with us and studying it as we unpack each chapter for you. Today, again, we're going to talk about the Constitution. And listen, this is the reason we're doing this. This is a guidebook for this election to 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 strengthen our conviction that the way we save America right now is to vote the Democrats out of office, whether we're trying to preserve our Constitution, our right to think and speak the way we choose, or our religious freedom, or our ability to protect the most defenseless human beings, the children in the womb, or keeping our national security and our place on the world stage, and on and on with every possible issue. On all these issues, the Democrat Party hates America. They hate the values that we hold and the faith that we cherish. And we got to vote them out of office. That's the solution. There's lots of solutions to all these various different problems, but they all hinge on just getting these people out of power. Let's turn to the gospel. Matthew chapter 28, well, I want to read the uh, concluding words of Matthew's gospel, the Great Commission because that ties in very well to a discussion of our Constitution. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, to the end of the world. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we believe you. You are the Lord of every nation. And you ask that every nation follow your commandments because that is the way to freedom, to prosperity, to happiness, to salvation. You are the Lord of every nation. And as human beings craft their governments and their constitutions, may they always look to you. We are grateful, Lord Jesus, that our founders looked to you, that they proclaimed your name in season and out of season, and that they gave us a governing document that still works and a declaration that embodies principles 
that are also found in your kingdom, Lord Jesus. Bless us, keep us faithful to you, and may we defend the gifts you have given us in America and in our Constitution. We pray to you, the living Lord, who lives and reigns forever and ever. Amen. Well, it is a marvelous document. It was drafted in less than five months, and it is the only document in any nation today that still governs a nation under the original document that they, Constitution that they established. We're the only country. The wisdom that is in this Constitution, which of course is the mechanism for governing based on the principles that are found in the Declaration of Independence, uh, that um, uh, th 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 this is the document that we have to learn better and better each day. This is the document that the Democrat Party has abandoned. It protects in a very, very wise way both individual freedoms that you and I have, individual rights that the Declaration de defines and identifies as rooted in uh, self-evident truths and given by God. And it, it, it is at the same time protects the rights of states against the federal government. So it envisions a very limited federal government. Abundant rights for the states, abundant rights for the individual citizen. Now the Constitution, again, is the mechanism document for living out those principles that we find in the Declaration. And the Declaration of Independence is talking about independence from tyranny. And we need to understand that the Constitution protects us from two different types of tyranny. You know, one of them is well understood, the tyranny of a dictator or a monarch. We don't have a king in America. The people are king. Sovereignty resides with us, with the people. There's another type of tyranny, however, that our, our governing document uh, protects us from. And you might call it mobocracy, rule by the mob. We're not a democracy in the strict sense of the term, whereby majority always rules. Majority has a, a say in how most things end up happening, but majority doesn't rule pure and simple. You don't, for example, elect the president by popular vote. Because otherwise, you know, a few left-wing cities would always have the, the final say in who's our president, except that the president is also president of the smaller cities, towns, villages, and countrysides. So our founders protected us from the rule of the mob. They were concerned about factions arising where people would be stirred up into some emotional frenzy and be able, simply by a majority vote, to implement a policy that ultimately proved to be not for the common good, but somehow harmful to the common good. All of this and more is contained in the marvelous wisdom of a document that took, as I said, less than five months to draft and is still governing us today. But brothers and sisters, the Democrat Party hates the Constitution. And the approach that they have taken that I want to tear apart here a little bit, is to say that the Constitution is rooted in slavery. That the Constitution is somehow tainted 
by the evil of slavery. Now, slavery didn't uh, begin in America. Uh, slavery has been very predominant in, in Africa, actually, and people don't think about, about that very much. Um, but it's certainly not uh, simply an American phenomenon. And we know that slavery is morally wrong. No human being can own another human being. Of course, we're making that case all the time in the pro-life movement. You can't own another human being, even if that human being is inside of your body. But the Democrat uh, leaders are trying to say that the Constitution is rooted in slavery. Let's unpack a little bit. And Mark goes into this in uh, his book, uh, the chapter about the Constitution. Let, let's unpack this a little bit, starting with the text of the Constitution itself. It doesn't talk about slavery. It doesn't institute slavery. It doesn't perpetuate slavery. It doesn't sanction slavery. It doesn't say that slavery should continue uh, in America. If the Constitution somehow, or its framers, wanted the institution of slavery to continue as a constitutional matter, well, wouldn't they have mentioned that? Wouldn't the Federalist Papers, which were written in order to encourage the public to ratify the Constitution, have said anything about that? We want to perpetuate this institution of slavery? No. The answer to all those questions is no. And in the minds of the founders and framers of our Constitution and signers of this document, slavery was absolutely not fine. It was not okay. And as far as the public that ratified the, uh, the Constitution, it, include, it included freed slaves in various states that were saying, hey, yeah, we, we like this Constitution. We want to ratify this Constitution. It included freed slaves who would hardly have been in favor of the institution of slavery having experienced it themselves. And furthermore, uh, the, the, uh, only a very, very small percentage of those who, who uh, ratified the Constitution even owned slaves. So the dominant view was, no, this was not something good. Now, the Constitution doesn't categorize people according to the favorite categories of the left today in America. It doesn't categorize people by race or ethnicity. It doesn't categorize people by religion or any other kind of, uh, certainly not by not even by, by gender or, or just, by, just by the fact that you're a man or a woman, even if you acknowledge the truth that there's only two genders, the Constitution doesn't speak in terms of men and women. But this, by the way, is one of the arguments against the ratification of the ERA, the Equal Rights Amendment. This battle has been going on for decades. And the left is always trying to resurrect an amendment that has long passed its deadline for proper constitutional ratification. And one of the arguments on the side of those of us who say we don't need an ERA, not because we don't believe in the equal rights of women, but precisely because we do, is that women by the Constitution are already equal. Because the Constitution talks about persons. The Constitution talks about citizens. It doesn't make a distinction of men have these rights, women have those rights nor does it make a distinction based on slavery. Now, we've been talking about the text of the Constitution vis-a-vis -vis slavery. 
Let's talk about the environment in which those brave men got together to draft and, and vote on this Constitution. The purpose of the Constitutional Convention was not to abolish slavery, nor to sanction it for that matter as something that should continue. The Constitutional Convention was convened in order to amend the Articles of Confederation that, that preceded the Constitution and to, bring, and, to, and to come up with a governing document for this, this nation. That was the purpose of the gathering. It was being done in a context where some states allowed slavery and others did not. It was being done, furthermore, in a context of trying to unite these states as the United States of America, to draft a constitution that ultimately these states would ratify. So you put yourself in the, in the, in the uh, mindset and the situation of the framers. Would they have been able to get the states to adopt a constitution that outright, explicitly, at that instant, abolished all slavery in all the states. Now again, the founders did not think slavery was okay. But they were working in an environment where they said, we need a governing document. We're not going to get the states to ratify this if we say here and now, this by hereby, by this document, by this constitution, we eradicate slavery. That's why it didn't do that. But, it did allow the states the freedom to abolish it individually, and it did empower Congress to take the steps that it did to prohibit the further growth of slavery. In fact, prohibiting the further growth of slavery was a matter that brought about the existence of a party that was led by Abraham Lincoln, and um, you all know what that party was, right? That was the birth of the Republican party. You know, this, this is why, you know, it's, it's these left-wing Democrat leaders like to trash the Constitution and uh, virtue signal all over the place how terrible slavery is. Study the history of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party was the party of backing slavery, segregation, Jim Crow laws, Ku Klux Klan, Oh, that's all the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is the party of the Ku Klux Klan, opposition to civil rights legislation. Study it. Don't take my word for it at all. Look it up. And, 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 and this is the challenge you can give to other people. Which party was, was tied in with the Ku Klux Klan and, and slavery and, and, and pro-segregation and anti-integration? Oh, that's uh, it's Democrats. They don't like to talk about that. Now, what about the provision in the Constitution about the three-fifths three of a person, the three-fifths clause, which is often used to say, oh, the Constitution is an evil document, it's, a, it's a embedded in slavery. Actually, what was going on here was not a, de a declaration by our Constitution saying that a black man was three-fifths of a person. That was actually not an assertion of the Constitution. The three-fifths clause had to do with the following. 
How do you calculate the number of representatives that a state will have in the U.S. Congress? How do you calculate that? And also for the purpose of direct taxation, how do you calculate the number of of people? And the southern states, of course, where there were a lot of slaves, wanted all the slaves to be counted for the purpose of then that state having more, more representation in Congress. The founders didn't want to go that way. They said, let's count the number of citizens. And by the way, there were like 60,000 at that time freed black slaves in the North and the South. And guess what? They were counted on par with everybody else. And that shows that the purpose of this three-fifths clause was not to say that a black is three-fifths of a person or has three-fifths of the rights or dignity of a white man. That's not what it was. Because again, the 60,000 or so freed uh, slaves were counted on par with with whites. What was the purpose of the three-fifths clause was to say how many representatives would these southern states have? We're going to count three-fifths of the slaves, was the decision of the framers of the Constitution. We're going to count three-fifths of, uh, of, these, uh, of these slaves. Okay, so it wasn't about uh, racism. The Constitution and the Declaration cons- contain the seed of the destruction of slavery. They contain the seed of the destruction of slavery, the Declaration. It doesn't get any better, my friends, than saying that it is a self-evident truth that all are created equal, endowed by the Creator with a right to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness that cannot be taken away by government, but rather that is to be secured by government. It doesn't get any better than that. Can you think of a better formulation of both human rights and the relationship between the human citizen and his or her government? There is nothing. You can't get any better than that. And that contains the seed for the extinction of slavery. The Constitution put this nation on a course to bring an end to all this. And I want to use a couple of quotes here before we conclude. Uh, Dr. David Azarod from Hillsdale College um, points out the following. Because the Constitution does not explicitly recognize slavery and does not therefore admit that slaves were property, all the protections it affords could be applied to slaves. Any one of these provisions in the hands of abolition statesmen and backed up by a right moral sentiment would put an end to slavery in America, uh, said Frederick Douglass. The Constitution of 1787 failed to abolish slavery because, as we already said, that was not the purpose of the Constitutional Convention. Uh, However... And regrettably, the early Congresses did not pursue a consistent anti-slavery policy. However, this is not an indictment of the Constitution itself. Again, Frederick Douglass saying, a chart is one thing, the course of a vessel is another. 
The Constitution may be right. The government, at any given time, may be wrong. We're dealing in our day with the same issue in regard to abortion. The Constitution, as the Supreme Court recently made clear, does not mention abortion or the status of the unborn child. However, it contains the seed of the extinction of any kind of violence or holding unequal uh, a, a, a precious human being in the first nine months of their lives. And, and that, it, that was the purpose of this recent Supreme Court decision on abortion, precisely to let the people work the issue out through the mechanisms, again, that the Constitution itself provides. I want to read uh, here, because Mark quotes it at length too, a uh, speech from Frederick Douglass, again, that kind of summarizes everything that we've been saying here. So, because some were, 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 were charging at that time um, the framers of the Constitution for uh, supporting slavery, uh, but Douglass defended the Constitution in the following words. Precisely what I have denounced. In fact, guaranteed and sanctioned by the Constitution of the United States, that the right to hold and hunt slaves is part of that Constitution. This is what others are charging him with, right? Um, that, 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 uh, that they would be sanctioning this. He says, but I differ from those who charge this baseness on the part of, on the framers of the Constitution of the United States. It's a slander upon their memory. At least so I believe. Fellow citizens, there is no matter in respect to which the people of the North have allowed themselves to be so ruinously imposed upon as that of the pro-slavery character of the Constitution. In that instrument I hold, there is neither warrant nor license nor sanction of the hateful thing. But interpreted as it ought to be interpreted, the Constitution is a glorious liberty document. Read its preamble. Consider its purposes. Is slavery among them? Is it at the gateway? Or is it in the temple? It is neither. While I do not intend to argue this question on the present occasion, let me ask, if it not be somewhat singular, that if the Constitution were intended to be by its framers and adopters a slave-holding instrument, why neither slavery, slave-holding, nor slave can anywhere be found in it? What would be thought of an instrument drawn up, legally drawn up, for the purpose of entitling the city of Rochester to a tract of land in which no mention of land was made? Now take the Constitution according to its plain reading. And I defy the presentation of a single pro-slavery clause in it. On the other hand, it will be found to contain principles and purposes entirely hostile to the existence of slavery. Let's pause there and turn back to prayer because, uh, again, Make sure you've got your copy of The Democrat Party Hates America. We're going to continue studying this book. But as you can see, I mean, it gives us so, so much insight, history, perspective, talking points, counter-arguments to the crap that the left tries to impose upon America today. 
whether in our schools or in our public debates or even in our churches. Let's turn to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, um, we are free because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We are free in Christ Jesus. We are free to say yes to life. We are free to recognize the equality of every human being, born and unborn. In Christ Jesus, you say in your word, there is no slave or free. We are all one in him. Thank you, Lord, for the common call that all of us have to holiness in Christ, to resurrection from the dead, to forgiveness of sin, to transformation in holiness, to adoption as sons and daughters of you, O Father. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for your gift of life in Christ Jesus. Thank you for faith and thank you for a constitution that safeguards our right to practice and proclaim that faith. Thank you, Father. We come with gratitude praying for America that we may always have reason to give thanks that this is the land of the free. Free. That is what these founding documents stand for, freedom. And we thank you, Lord, that we are still being governed by our original constitution, capable of being amended, capable of, of, of recognizing the faults that America has and providing ways to constantly correct those faults. This is why we as a Christian people can live in America repenting every day of our sins. As it is with the nation, so it is with the church, always in need of reform, always in need of repentance each day, and yet secure in its charter, secure in its guiding documents. Thank you, Father, and we pray today uh, 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 that our students in school not only may learn the, the true meaning of the Constitution, but that that teaching might be reinforced at home by loving and informed parents. Lord, we, we pray that you would purge academia of this, this constitution-hating attitude that some have, that you would purge our court system of judges who would rather look to the constitutions of other nations than to the one that our nation has been blessed with. We ask you, Lord God, to, to free us from the constant propaganda that would trash our country, our history, our constitution. Bless us, Lord God, with a new wave of patriotic education in America. And bless us as we go into the voting booths that we may vote out of power anyone who does not honor this constitution. Lord, in coming into public office, they swear an oath to uphold it, Yet, obviously, so many have violated that oath by not even respecting the document they have, been, they have sworn to uphold and defend. May we always uphold and defend it as citizens living in your kingdom, Lord God. We pray through Christ our Lord, and we pray now in the words he gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the 
power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thanks, friends. We'll have much more for you in the coming nights. Please spread the word about this program and uh, be assured of our prayers, all of us here at Priests for Life. God bless you, and we will talk to you soon. Hello, this is Father David Begany. Like many priests, I am inspired and always learning from the ministry of Priests for Life, which is one of the largest and most visible pro-life organizations in the world. This ministry relies on your financial support to be able to do its work, produce its programs, and travel the world to advocate for the unborn. May I ask you to support Priests for Life generously? Go today to prolifegift.org and give as generous a gift as you can. Thank you so much and be assured of our daily prayers for you. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.